The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week... On the Chicago Bears review, after two disappointing losses in a row, our beloved head out to the West Coast for their first national TV game of the year when they do battle with the San Diego Chargers on Monday Night Football. Can the Bears stay perfect against the AFC West, or will the Chargers break their own losing streak? Matt Stanley from SB Nation's Bolts from the Blue joins us on the Week 9 preview episode of the Chicago Bears review. When the clock strikes zero on Monday night and the Bears have beaten the Chargers on Monday night football, that will signal the end of the first eight games of the season. Therefore, the season will be halfway over. What's going on, everybody? Larity back, the week nine preview episode of the Chicago Bears review our impending battle with the San Diego Chargers who are having an equally disappointing season. Uh, probably more disappointing, actually, considering that the the Chargers were were an eyelash away from being a playoff team last year, and and I kind of expected them to be around the same area uh, again uh, this year as well. You know, about a nine and seven record, maybe in the playoffs, uh, a wild card behind uh, Denver uh, in the AFC West. But um, you know, unless they go on a tear in these last uh, eight nine games, they're uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. As a matter of fact, uh, the whole move and uh, going to LA possible and uh, Mike McCoy the head coach might not be joining them hell he might not even make it through the rest of the season uh, they're on a four-game losing streak he might be uh, joining the unemployment line with Joe Philbin and um, Ken Wisenhunt uh, as well so um, you know but we're actually going to talk about all that stuff uh, with our guest for this week uh, Matt Stanley from Bolts uh, Bolts from the Blue uh, on SB Nation, the San Diego Charger page. I uh, had a really great conversation with him on Wednesday night. Uh, we'll get into that uh, a little bit uh, uh, later on, but we covered uh, a bunch of things. And, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's going to be an interesting game uh, on Monday night because uh, it, things kind of favor the Bears in, in a lot of ways. Uh, but at the same time, it's on the road. Uh, it's West Coast. Uh, it's Monday Night Football where the Bears have not been traditionally strong. However, I did see a stat uh, on the NFL Network this morning when I was getting ready for work that said the Bears are 7-2 and two under Jay Cutler on Monday Night Football. Is that crazy or what? 7-2 and two on Monday Night Football uh, with Jay Cutler. So uh, maybe it's those Thursday night games we can't seem to figure out. But, uh, you know, national TV has not been good to us. But Monday Night apparently has because in, in Jay Cutler's – Six, seven seasons with the Bears. We're seven and two with him at the helm uh, on Monday night. So maybe that does favor us. Uh, the one thing that does scare me about the San Diego Chargers is the fact that despite their two and six record, uh, Phillip Rivers is having an amazing uh, season statistically. Anyway, uh, you'll hear me uh, mention this during the uh, during our talk with uh, with Matt. But I read a crazy stat line the other day that. That Philip Rivers has thrown for over 1,500 yards in the last four games. 
10 touchdowns, only three picks, but the Chargers are 0-4 in those games. So, you know, it, it obviously goes to show that it's you, you, you need a lot more than just a decent quarterback uh, to win you some football games. Uh, what's really scary is he threw a third of that, 500 yards in one game uh, against, against Green Bay a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they lost it up there in the, on the last play uh, against, um, against Green Bay. But um, you hear Matt Stanley uh, uh, mention it when I was looking at the, 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 the Chargers schedule. Uh, the final scores, the, the, you know, when I was looking at that, it, I kind of thought they somewhat mirrored the Bears, that they, they've won against lesser opponents, but they've basically been in every game. Uh, unfortunately, the Chargers haven't been in every game the way the Bears have uh, been in just about every game, except for maybe that the Cardinal game and, of course, the Seahawks game being shut out and everything. But, um, you know, the the final score doesn't tell the whole story. And he'll get in – Matt Stanley will get more more into that. But, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll get into that with, with Matt. He has uh, a very honest prognosis about how he sees the game going uh, on Monday night. And, uh, you know, I, I get – you hear me tell him I, I respect the way that he handles that question. I think that's why a lot of you guys listen to me and my show is because, you know, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm not just going to sit here and, and blow smoke up your bear fan butt and tell you, you know, ah, oh, we're going to be fine. It's just like, no, uh, you know, I've been telling you guys from the beginning uh, this year, our expectation is progress, not so much wins and wins this season. If we get the wins, that'd be great. But I would much more rather be a competitive football team and maybe our lack of talent is the reason that we don't win and you know we let uh, John Fox and Ryan Pace do their thing uh, with the roster and uh, the wins will come but the the coaching will keep us competitive we'll be disciplined and uh, you know we'll be in ball games which will give us a chance to win and and that's what's happening so far in the first uh, in the first seven games we let the last two uh, get away from us um, but that's that's going to happen when you've been scattered with injuries like we have and, you know, you've got young guys on the field learning on the job. Uh, things like that are going to happen, uh, unfortunately. So things are coming along for us Bear fans, even though we're 2-5. and five, um, You know, the 2-5 and five that we were a year ago at this time, um, it's uh, completely different. Like this team, I think, would beat the unholy piss out of the team that took the field uh, last year. I really do. I just think that we're way tougher physically and mentally than we were a year ago we would have ravaged that team right off the field I I wholeheartedly believe that so that's why I feel despite our record we are definitely headed in the right direction and I hope that you all agree with me because then you can jump on the bandwagon (laughs) when we actually start winning some football games probably next year uh, and the years to follow so um, you know not a whole lot to to get to because with the the Bears playing on Monday night, they had an extra day off. They didn't. Uh, they didn't just get Tuesday off. They got Wednesday off as well. Today was the first day that they actually got back to the uh, to the practice field. So uh, the one uh, big news for the practice uh, today was that uh, Shea McClellan was actually back out uh, on the field today. But even uh, Vic Fangio was addressing the media uh, afterwards. Says that um, you know he's still fifty fifty on whether or not he will play, but he practiced today, but that's he did not do uh, last week. Uh, looking at the injury report here, uh, Eddie Royal still hasn't practiced. Uh, Pernell McPhee didn't practice today. Hironis Grasso with his neck injury did not practice. Uh, Matt Forte also did not practice. So Forte, uh, Forte, uh, Pernell McPhee, 
and Eddie Royal were all out, all with knee injuries. Uh, I think with McPhee, that's more of a rest thing. I th- you know, no one's heard anything. I think that's more just soreness or you know what have you. Uh, no big deal that you know he's basically been playing through that for the last couple of weeks. So basically, just uh, I think he's just getting some rest uh, there. Hironis Grassu still nursing that neck injury he suffered in practice last week, but those are the four guys that hadn't practiced uh, today. Uh, Jermon Bushrod practiced in limited in limited go. Uh, Bryce Callahan, the corner who made my bear up. Uh, list last week for the performance that he had left the game with a concussion last week he was also limited he still hasn't been cleared yet uh, he hasn't passed the concussion protocol just yet uh, McClellan was limited with his knee injury uh, Cameron Meredith had an ankle injury I have no idea when that happened I don't think he was active last week so you know maybe he hurt himself getting off the bus who knows but anyway he was limited last week and Leroy Reynolds uh, who was on and off the field uh, you know kind of rotating into the uh, linebacker, uh, inside linebacker position, had a really nice tackle on Adrian Peterson at one point, also uh, nursing a knee injury who was limited today uh, in practice. On the Chargers side, uh, their list is a lot longer than ours. Uh, let's see, who did not practice? King Dunlap, their tackle, Orlando Franklin, a guard, and Ladarius Green, the tight end, Corey Leggett from uh, defensive tackle, and Manti Teo. And his imaginary girlfriend did not practice uh, today. Tails got an ankle injury. Uh, Oski also almost forgot Denzel Perryman, an inside linebacker, did not practice with a bicep injury. Corey Leggett's nursing a foot injury. Ladarius Green with an ankle. And uh, Orlando Franklin and King Dunlap, knee and ankle injuries, uh, respectively. Um, th- I mean, this is, a, this is pretty much like a who's who's list for the... Uh, for the uh, for the Chargers, uh, Brandon Flowers, one of their best corners, Antonio Gates, both with knee injuries. Uh, Flowers was was uh, wasn't limited at all, full participation. Uh, Antonio Gates was limited. Uh, Patrick Robinson, their other corner, was in, with a concussion, was full go, so he's been cleared. Daryl Stuckey has a hamstring, one of their starting safeties, limited in practice. Jason Verrett, another corner, limited. Chris Waltz, uh, center with a shoulder injury, limited. And Eric Weddle, their their Pro Bowl uh, free safety, has been limited with a groin injury. He's been missing time. So has Manti Teo uh, as well, been in and out of the lineup uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, so that's a lot of defensive players. So hopefully our offense can get some things going. And, uh, you know, we won't miss Matt Forte too much because Jeremy Langford's going to run for a buck fifty on these guys, knock on wood. So, you know. Uh, looks like the Bears are, you know, our our list is shrinking. It's gone from 14 down to eight or nine, you know, and so that's progress. Uh, the names that we're still not seeing on the list, Alshon Jeffrey, um, Marquise Wilson, um, Matt Lawson's not on the list anymore. Uh, Patrick Amemi's not on the on the list anymore. So, I mean, this is progress. Jaronis Grasso and Jermon Bushrod uh, are the only offensive linemen uh, on the list. Everybody is healthy. Uh, right now and Jermon Bushrod even at even being healthy do we put him back in the starting lineup because just Charles Leno hasn't been a liability or you know the fact that you know, haven't really noticed that Leno is out there and that's a good thing if you don't notice the offensive lineman that's a good thing you know we're not noticing that he's getting blown off the ball getting beat off the edge I mean he's playing left tackle that is the premier spot 
on the offensive line, especially when your quarterback is right-handed. That is his blind side. And the fact that we haven't really been, you know, complaining about the play of our offensive tackles. I mean, obviously Kyle Long on on the right side, uh, you know, playing tackle for the first time in his career. And Charles Leno, uh, a seventh-round pick from a year ago, is, is uh, you know, playing our left tackle spot. And our, our big-dollar free agent has been, you know, nursing injuries and from one degree to another. You know, do we put Bushrod back in there until he's full participation in practice? Or, you know, do we just let Leno keep doing the job until he loses it? I mean, that's a, a decision that the Bears are going to have to make. And if Hronis Grassu is healthy, do we put him back in the lineup and move Slauson back over to the left guard spot? I mean, we have some options because um, for the most part, the offensive line has played well, even with these other guys in there. So, you know, there's some decisions to be made up front uh, for the line. Um, but, um, you know, it's nice to see different names on the list, I guess, would be a way to put it, not to see the same name over and over again uh, on the list. Not a big fan, obviously, of seeing Matt Forte or Pernell McPhee's name uh, on this list, especially not happy to see Eddie Royal after he spent like three, four weeks on this list. Now he's back on it uh, again after he wasn't on it at all last week. But um Anyway, so it, it does look like the Bears' health is trending up while the Chargers uh, seem to be, like, their list is growing. And, uh, you know, we talk about that a bit as well with uh, Matt Stanley. It seems to be a, a, uh, a mitigating factor into why the San Diego Chargers are struggling uh, as much as they are uh, this season. So no other big news really coming out of, uh, out of Bears' camp. Uh, this week, uh, Jeremiah Ratliff didn't try to show up and blow up the facility or, or anything like that. Uh, you know, pretty much our, our, our all of our injuries are under control, so so no big deals there. And like I said, the big headline uh, in practice out of uh, out of uh, Hallis Hall today was that McClellan, who's been missing the last couple of weeks, uh, returned. Uh, he's still only fifty fifty to play, but he's practicing for the first time in a few weeks. So. You know, no, no other real big um, stories or anything to talk about, not even on the uh, on the Chargers. Actually, there's one uh, one thing uh, and he wasn't on the injury list because he's been put on IR. And that's Keenan Allen, uh, one of their 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 star wide receivers uh, right now. They have a pretty deep wide receiving core, but he is the number one receiver on the team. And uh, he already had in eight games, 67 catches so far this year. I mean, he was on pace to. You know, for over 130 yards, over 1,500, uh, 130 catches, over 1,500 yards. I mean, he was really on pace to do something special this year. Suffered a lacerated kidney uh, last week, and their loss to the to the Ravens was placed on IR after he had it repaired, and he's done uh, for the season. Now, we do talk about Matt Stanley. What are the repercussions? How much is he going to be missed not only this week but as the season goes forward? Uh, and, you know, he gives his insight uh, on that. But it's a big injury. Make no mistake. This guy was, uh, like Phillip Rivers, one of the few people that was making key contributions uh, to the team and try to help them uh, succeed. And, uh, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, one of the things that Matt did mention about the way the Cardinals or the Cardinals, the Chargers have performed this year is that they get behind early. So the fact that, you know, Allen has so many catches could be due to the fact that late in games, uh, the char- or, you know pretty much early in games the Chargers get behind so big they have to start passing to try and catch up and Keenan Allen is one of uh, Philip Rivers favorite targets so that could you know if they weren't having such a bad season 
Keenan Allen's stats might not be so awesome because they wouldn't need to throw to him as much. So, But we'll get into all of that um, with Matt Stanley. But this is going to be a huge, huge loss for San Diego. Like I said, not just this Monday, but throughout the, uh, throughout the rest of the, uh, of the season. So, I mean, they lose him uh, for good and add him to an IR list that is growing uh, for the Chargers. I mean, there, there are a ton of names on the list, and you'll hear Matt tell you just exactly how many. Uh, there are so it's kind of depressing uh, when you hear him talk about it so but uh, why don't we just go ahead and get to the talk uh, with Matt Uh, we cover tons of stuff we talk about the possible move uh, the way the coaching staff is going the the way the season has been uh, how he thinks the game is going to go on Monday night and what the Bears should do in order to get the Chargers uh, another W their fifth in a row they've lost the last four so uh, let's go ahead and move on to our talk with Matt Stanley Bolts from the Blue on SB Nation talking Bears and Chargers week number nine. Okay, and here to to help us preview this football game between the Bears and the Chargers, assistant editor of Bolts from the Blue. Matt Stanley, welcome to the Chicago Bears Review. Thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Thank you very much for having me on. You know, it's it's an interesting uh, game. Um, the Bears and the Chargers very much kind of mirror each other with the kind of season uh, that they're having. Um, the Bears are two and five. The Chargers are two and six. Um, you know, very similar in in the victories that they have are kind of against the lower tier opponents. Uh, if you will. Uh, They've pretty much been in every game that they've lost up to this point uh, this year, having trouble on special teams. Quarterback is actually playing very well, and Cutler and uh, Rivers especially. You know, what's, um, you know, what is does the 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 way that they've been playing like the i know that they've been losing but has the fact that they've been in every game giving any hope to the fan base or was because you guys had a little bit more of a higher expectation coming into the season hurting that um well they definitely had we definitely had much higher expectations for the team going into the season um and and the scores have kind of been misleading most of the points the Chargers have been putting up and, and and the yardage has all been garbage time stuff that hmm. the scores are kind of misleading it to where it looks like if you just look on paper that the Chargers have had chances but there it hasn't been that close in a number of the games um the Chargers have basically been blown out in the first half of every single game so far wow and at this point it just <laughs> there's not a whole lot of hopeful things to look at here. I mean, Rivers is playing probably one of his best season ever, if one of his best seasons ever, if not the best season he's had, and nobody else is contributing. So it's it's not not looking too great right now. Yeah, so that was kind of uh, along the lines of what I was going to ask with my next question is like I saw a, a crazy stat line. Uh, I, I was reading an article uh, yesterday saying that Philip Rivers has thrown for over 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns, and only three interceptions in the last four games, but the Chargers have lost every last one uh, of those games. And it, is it because he's not getting help from anybody else? Is he the really, one that's o- really the only one that's doing anything so far this year? Well, it's a, it's a combination of a couple things. The, the defense definitely has not been playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, the coaching is definitely leaving a lot of things to be desired. Uh, and and. Browns fan, I mean uh, Bears fans can definitely share 
similar frustration. I mean, John Fox was one of Mike McCoy's mentors. And so it's kind of a, a John Foxier coach than Mike McCoy is kind of something that we've been saying at Bolts from the Blue that uh, he's just very, very passive, I guess you would say. He's not very aggressive in his play, in his coaching and his play calling. And it's it's really been hurting the team on the field. Uh, even last week against the Ravens, the Chargers were only up by, I think, five points at the end of the third quarter. And they were already starting to try and just run out the clock instead of going for the throat. I mean, Rivers was having no problem moving the ball through the air on the Ravens' defense. And all of a sudden, it, you know, we we get the ball pinned deep on our own three-yard line because Jacoby Jones, our returner, who just got released, he made a terrible decision to let a ball go by him. And then the play calling was a draw play from our own two-yard line a screen that the Chargers had, hadn't run so far this season to the running back, which got us back to the half-yard line, and then trying to take a shot downfield. It's just it, the, the play calling has been off, and Rivers, is, Rivers and our backup offensive linemen are the only people really doing their jobs right now. So speaking of, of the coaching, two head coaches in the league have been fired this year. Ken Wisenhunt was just fired this week. Uh, Joe Philbin from the Miami Dolphins fired a couple of weeks ago. Um, if the losing streak continues, do you think McCoy will be next, or is he safe to at least finish out the year? I could see it really going either way. Um, I could see if if it's a loss this week, they definitely have all the ammo they would need, in my opinion, to fire Mike McCoy over the over the bye week because um, that's when you, the Chargers have the bye coming up after the Bears, and that's really when you'd want to make a change so that whoever the interim is has you know two weeks to put something together but uh, honestly i i don't think a change will be made um just based on how the chargers ownership um has dealt with things like this in the past i think especially with all the injuries the chargers have had i mean at this point the chargers have more players on injured reserve than they have on the practice squad so I think the the ownership will you know allow that excuse to continue for now and give McCoy the second half of the season um, to you know try and pull himself out of this hole. But I his seat is definitely hot, um, and I could I honestly wouldn't be surprised either way. How do you what do you what would you like to see have happen? Um, it, personally, uh, I would rather him finish out the season and then get fired at the end of the season. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm too afraid that if they fire him over the bye week that they would promote probably John Pagano, the defensive coordinator, and then give him the chance next year to they, they maybe they'd sign him to a one-year contract and let him try next season again. And I don't think that's the answer. I, I, I think it's time for some some fresh blood. Um, I think it would you know, bring in a defensive-minded head coach who's who's hot, maybe uh, like Sean McDermott, the Panthers' offense uh, defensive coordinator. Um, but I, if in my ideal world, they just let McCoy finish, you know, being mediocre for the rest of the season, and then bring in some new fresh blood with a nice high draft pick to start kind of cut not full rebuild, but re- retooling basically. Uh, so you mentioned that the you know you guys have been bitten by the injury bug. The Bears have suffered a lot of injuries as well. I don't think we have more people on IR than the practice squad, uh, <laughs> though. But the list is growing. That is uh, for sure. Um, but you you probably had one of your more significant losses happen this week when Keenan Allen was put on injured reserve with the lacerated 
kidney that he had to have uh, repaired. You know, how much is the absence of Allen going to affect not only this game, but the rest of the season going forward? Um, that'll be interesting. Uh, Rivers traditionally has done really well no matter who's out there. I mean, he he was able to make Say Ajara Tutu look like a decent wide receiver uh, when he had to fill in for injured people. I mean, he's he's lost Vincent Jackson while he's been here, um, and he just continues to produce. So, I, I mean, Rivers finds a way to to work with what he's got, but it, I mean, it is a significant loss when you look at what Keenan has done this year. He had 70, I mean, uh, 67 receptions so far through seven and a half games. Um, he was on pace for close to 1500 yards and 140 something, 130 something receptions for the season. So, I mean, he was definitely on pace to be putting up, you know, true number one wide receiver numbers. And obviously that you can't just ignore that. But I think with Stevie Johnson and Malcolm Floyd and Antonio Gates and even Danny Woodhead catching balls out of the backfield, and they've got some young guys come that they're going to bring up and, and try out with Javante Herndon, who was brought up to replace Jacoby Jones, and he will be taking over return duties. But he'll, he's also, you know, in the preseason, he showed some some good promise, and he had a couple catches uh, in late, late in the year last year. Um, I, I think they'll they'll make do, but obviously that that's probably going to slow some things down at least for one or two games. Speaking of, of of your offense, your top draft choice this year was was Melvin Gordon. You guys even moved up a little bit in the first round uh, to get him. I was I just was looking at the stats for the game against uh, Baltimore, and I saw that he pretty much split carries with with Danny Woodhead. Is that is that the normal uh, for him, or does does he how is he catching the ball out of the the backfield, how are the Chargers mainly using him? Is he the number one back, or is he is it a running back by committee thing? It's a running back by committee. Um, it, it's, it seems to me that's part of why the Chargers have been getting blown out in the first half, because they, they basically commit to trying to make uh, Melvin Gordon work, but, I mean, it's it, we, we all kind of agree that they're, they're not using him in the best way. It's, they're giving him a lot of inside runs whether that be draws or inside zone runs and that was one of his biz- biggest weaknesses coming out of college is his vision was kind of questionable i mean uh, he came uh wisconsin just opened massive holes for him and he was able to you know take his time and you know it, it the decisions weren't very hard now those holes are a lot smaller especially with the the injuries the charges have had on the offensive line i mean at one point last game the Chargers were playing their starting right tackle at left tackle, their starting center at left guard, their backup center was in the game at center, the starting right guard was at right guard, and then their backup left guard was at right tackle. So it was it, it's been a mess on the offensive line, and so obviously that doesn't help him at all. But he just he hasn't been able to get it going because he isn't making good decisions behind the line. And so then when we're when the Chargers are having to play catch up in the second half, those carries and snaps turn into Danny Woodhead carries and snaps because Danny Woodhead, even though he's much smaller, is a far superior pass blocker and a far, far superior uh, receiver out of the backfield. So let's let's flip sides over to the defense. Now, has the defense been ravaged by injuries or are they just not playing well this year? Uh, A little of both. Um, Obviously, 
missing Eric Weddle for the last two, three weeks has been uh, pretty rough, um, especially when all the other safeties the Chargers have should be backups. Um, Jaleel Adai is serviceable, but I mean, really, if you in an ideal situation, he would only be a special teams player. Uh, Jimmy Wilson, our other the safety he's been filling in for Weddle directly, has been a liability. <laughs> um, he really hasn't done well. Um, so that hurts in the secondary. Uh, are the two starting corners, Brandon Flowers and Jason Verrett. Uh, when Jason Verrett's healthy, he's been doing really, really well. Um, but he's been kind of in and out of most games. Uh, he hasn't really been one, reliably taking all the snaps. Um, and Brandon Flowers, who was really good last year, has laid an egg this year and is almost a complete liability on the outside. I mean, I, honestly, I've been... Whoever he's, whoever the wide receiver two is on most teams, that's who I've been playing in fantasy because <laughs> he's going to get matched up with Brandon Flowers and have at least one or two big shots. Um, and then up front, the Chargers haven't really been able to get going up front because Corey Legit's really the only good defensive tackle they have. And the team continues to try and make Sean Lissamore a nose tackle, but he's... He's undersized. He's I think he's 6'2, 298, and just completely you can't have a sub 300 D lineman hold it down as a 3-4 nose tackle. Um, they finally started playing his backup, Ryan Carruthers, who's 330, 340 pounds, and he's been doing, you know, really well, but it's like the team just refuses to commit. So that's been that hasn't helped the linebackers at all. And so the Chargers haven't had consistent production from their linebackers, um, especially with the level of play they've had from the linebackers. I mean, Donald, but Donald Butler is the highest paid linebacker and he was supposed to be like the holding things down out there, but he's been, you know, unless he's unblocked, he's pretty useless. And Manti Teo when he's been out for the last three weeks, but when he was in, he, you can tell things are clicking. He's always in the right place at the right time, but he just he has more missed tackles than I think the rest of the team combined. Um, so it just things just haven't been coming together. I guess you could say. So is that a is that a scheme problem? Is it a talent problem? Because I, I think you mentioned that you mentioned. I'm sorry, because you mentioned that Pagano, the, the the defensive coordinator, might be the next man up. God forbid they fire McCoy in the middle of the season. It didn't sound like you you like that possibility at all. You know, it, it was weird. In preseason, John Pagano was calling all sorts of exotic formations and, and cool and nice blitzes, you know, free, moving guys around, making confusing the offense, and it was all looking pretty exciting. And then the regular season hit, and it was back to mostly running out of the base 3-4, um, not really moving guys around all that much. Rarely are you seeing a DB come in on a blitz or, you know, Finally, last game, we saw a couple middle linebacker blitzes, some inside linebacker blitzes. But um, I think it is a lot of scheming, but also, you know, talent. The The Chargers just don't have good players at linebacker and on the defensive line. I mean, Corey Legit out of the front seven, you know, you've got Corey Legit, who I would say is a good player. And then under that, you have um, outside linebackers, uh, uh, Jerry Itachu, and Melvin Ingram and uh, rookie Kyle Emanuel, who occasionally flash, but none of the—I mean, Atachu has been the most consistent. But even he's, 
even he's kind of like disappears at times. So it's, it's just been, it's been a mix, I think of, of lack of talent at those positions and just scheming. I'm I, I, a good defensive coordinator, in my opinion, would get more out of these guys. Um, but because of the lack of coaching, the talent is re- the the lack of talent really shows out. So did the injuries on the defensive side of the ball, did that start in the preseason? And that's maybe why he dumbed the scheme down when the regular season started? Or was this just one of those things that you guys have been scratching your heads over? Uh We've been kind of scratching our heads over it. I mean, the big injuries to to Teow and to Weddle only happened in the last three, four weeks. Um, they were pretty healthy on the offensive side of the ball in the first couple games. I mean, on the defensive side of the ball in the first couple games. So that kind of had us scratching our heads as to, especially because all preseason, the Chargers were hyping up how, like, uh, Melvin Ingram had lost 15 pounds of fat and put on 10 pounds of muscle and was looking super fast and super in shape. And then he's still, uh, our nickname for him is Mr. Almost because he, he constantly is almost making a splash play, but never really finishing it out. Yeah. That's what, um, Willie Young, who's one of our outside linebackers, that was his reputation in Detroit. Like he, the year before he signed with the bears, he, he had like four sacks when he should have had like 14. Yeah. Uh, there were times he was either just flat out missing the quarterback or he was getting there a step too late. And then his first year with the Bears last year, he had 10 sacks, basically showing that he actually could finish when he wanted to. So uh, I don't know what was holding him back in Detroit, but he was getting it done uh, last year. So, so far this year, he just can't seem to crack the uh, depth chart after suffering that Achilles at the end of last season. So so let's let's talk about the thing that's that's really – like what the Chargers are being talked about most for in this season, uh, despite, you know, being disappointing as far as where people thought, like I myself thought they would be at least a nine and seven wildcard team uh, myself. That's kind of where I saw them, saw them being. So unless they go on a tear here with this, these last nine games of the eight games of the season, uh, that doesn't look like that's going to happen. But what, what's kind of been hovering over San Diego, not just so much this year. I mean, even even some uh, some of the, the talk that began as far back as last year, maybe even earlier uh, than that, is the fact that t- when 2016 rolls around, the Chargers may relocate to uh, Los Angeles. You know what you, you and I were talking just momentarily before the show started. Uh, what what are you hearing about what's going on with the Chargers and the possibility of them uh, relocating to Los Angeles next year? So right now, um, obviously, like anything that's this big of a decision, there's a lot of politics being played right now. So it's kind of hard not being on the inside um, to know exactly what's going on. But the general feeling um, for us at this point is that um, the momentum is swinging in the direction of the, the Rams proposal for Inglewood. And that the second team there uh, would likely be the Oakland Raiders. And the reason we feel that is because, A, the city of San Diego is trying much harder to make proposals and work with the team than Oakland is. The, the one proposal Oakland has made to the Raiders has basically been a joke. And so there, there's really no hope to get a new stadium done in Oakland at all. Um, the other thing is that, um, it would be, it would be harder to 
move and rebrand the Raiders than it would um, the Chargers. If if the Chargers were were to be the second team to make it up to Inglewood, the Raiders obviously couldn't stay then where they're at, and they would probably be the team that gets tabbed to move to either San Antonio or London. And for as crappy as the Raiders have been on the field the last 10, 12 years, their fans are still rabidly loyal and, you know, sell a whole boatload of merchandise. And so to take that away and try and rebrand them somewhere else would, would really hurt the bottom line for, um, for the league. And the league is very obviously motivated by money. So financially, the most sense would be for the Chargers to stay. With that said, the Chargers on all fronts are making it seem like they have the momentum to move. And that makes perfect sense for them to play it that way. Because if they show any signs of weakness on moving to L.A., they know that they'll lose that opportunity. And so right now the team is putting up a big front saying, yes, we're like, we're tapped to go. And this is why uh, you shouldn't listen to the city, blah, blah, blah. So we're the feel, the general feeling for us is that they aren't going to go. Um, but the NFL is pretty unpredictable. And if Dean Spanos, uh, the chargers owner and um, Mark Fabiani, who's the, the mouthpiece for the chargers, if they play enough politics correctly, they could get enough owners on their side to help them get that vote to move. So how much, uh, how high or low is the stock of Dean Spanos in the San Diego area these days? It's pretty low right now. Um, because, because of the way the team is having to sell themselves right now as being one of the front runners to move to LA, it's rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. Um, and so it, Part of that has been playing into, I, I don't know how closely you've been paying attention, but almost every home game the Chargers have had, it's been a battle to tell whether it's a home game or not because so many opposing team fans are, are at these games. And a lot of that has to do with you know fans being fed up with the team, um, fans believe, some of the fans believing that this is the last season that the team is going to be there, so you know, make money while you can and resell these tickets to whoever and B right. San Diego is just a great town to travel to. So, I mean, if, if I was living in Buffalo or Pittsburgh and I had a chance to fly out to San Diego to go watch a game, I'd be all for it. So, I mean, it's, it's always kind of been that way, but this year's especially worse. And I think rivers even made a comment today about it in their, the post-practice press conference is somebody asked him, are you, you know, are you guys preparing for a, you know, unusually hostile environment even at home with this bears game and they said yeah he responded yeah it's it's something we got to prepare for but we're not worried about so um yeah i would say dean spanos's stock is pretty low <laughs> <laughs> so is it is it a loyal a loyal fan base because i remember you know like those those articles they put out every now and then about whose whose fan base ranks the highest and and such i can't ever remember where exactly i would see the chargers rank on those on those lists. So, and they, so for me, at least for myself, they don't necessarily have the reputation for being an extremely rabid or loyal fan base. How, how would you rate them amongst the, the fan bases out there in the league? Um, I think they're pretty loyal. Uh, part of the problem is that San Diego is a very transient town. So, hmm. so like myself, I, I was a military brat. Um, my dad was stationed down at Coronado and my mom had grown up there. And so 
I became a Chargers fan because of my mom, but because my dad was in the Navy, I moved all over. So I wasn't, you know, I haven't lived in San Diego since I was in sixth grade. Um, and so that's part of, that's part of the, part of the problem is that a San Diego is a transient town and B for it being one of the older franchises, the Chargers haven't had a lot of deep success in the playoffs. The Chargers have been to one Super Bowl, and Steve Young set an NFL record for most touchdown passes in a Super Bowl against us. So it's. I think that was probably one of those one of those Super Bowls that I was like, okay, first quarter, this one's over. Let's see what else is on TV, kind of thing. Uh, with the way that they kind of. I think like five plays in the 49ers are already up 21 to nothing or something like that. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, you don't have, there's not a whole lot for, um, for the chargers production wise for fans to latch onto. Now you have great players that, that instill a lot of loyalty. I mean, junior sale, Ladanian Tomlinson, I mean, these are guys that that people just absolutely love and are the face of a city. And those those are the reasons why you have some rabidly loyal Charger fans because of guys like that. Um, So, I mean, I I definitely definitely would not put us up in, you know, the top 10 as far as loyal fans. But I don't think we're you know, and I don't think we have a, a drastically overwhelming number of fair weather fans either. Let's, uh, as we get uh, start to wrap things up here, let's t- talk about the game itself. Um, if I'm if I'm John Fox and I'm game planning to beat the Chargers, uh, how would I do it? Uh, definitely feed the ball to uh, the running back. I, I guess you guys are starting Jeremy Langford this week. Um, yes. I would feed Langford the ball. Um, <clears throat> And like I mentioned earlier, I would attack Brandon Flowers all day. Uh, he hasn't shown even for a half of a game this year that he can shut anyone down. So I would attack Brandon Flowers. I would run the ball with Langford. And on defense, on defense, I would you know I'd probably run in a nickel package most of the game, cover the wide receivers, make sure you have either your most athletic safety. Maybe even someone like take Adrian Amos uh, and stick him on Antonio Gates. I know Amos is a rookie, but he is going to be able to stick with Gates better, probably better than any of your linebackers. Um, and you know, just try and shut down the passing game because the Chargers haven't proven they can run the ball yet. So that would be the best way to keep keep the Chargers defense on the field, giving up points and yards. Um, how are the? Because I've been hearing there's some issues. I mean, with especially I guess with Jacoby Jones being cut special teams has been a problem for you has the um kick defense been a trouble for you at all as it has been uh for the bears because for me it's like oh well they cut jacoby jones a week too early because if he'd have been around for the bears all of a sudden he would have had a career resurgence uh in the uh the punt or the kick return uh game has has your return or the def- the return defense been a problem for you guys this year at all yeah that i think the I think I saw a stat the other day that the Chargers are last in the league in starting field position and opposing teams are averaging their best field position against us. Um, and that has to do with both, you know, uh, giving up the best uh, starting field position is both on Mike Cyphers, our punter, who's having a pretty down year, um, and the kick coverage just hasn't been good. Um, they... I. And I can't. I haven't. I haven't looked close enough, honestly, to tell if it's just 
guys getting out of their lanes or if it's more missed tackles than anything, but it just, it hasn't looked good. And the same on, on returns. I mean, the blocking has been terrible. I mean, you know, I, Jacoby Jones probably shouldn't have been signed in the first place because he was going to be such a one trick pony as a returner and not offer anything in the receiving game. But the blocking has been so terrible that I don't think it's going to matter who's back there returning kicks. It's probably not going to be great uh, regardless. You know, you just reminded me of something that, that Mike Cyphers is your punter. Um, do you know off the top of your head where he went to college? Uh, did he go to Illinois? I don't remember off the top of my head. He went to Western Illinois. Western Illinois, okay. Where I went to school oh, nice. at the exact same time. So I actually know Cyphers. We go way back. Oh, really? Did, did um, he have braces when he was going through college like he does now? Uh, I No, no, he did not. <laughs> no, but he had a goofy personality, which I'm pretty sure he still has. Uh, now he was quite the, uh, he was quite the trickster and, uh, you know, probably one of the most amazing punters I've ever seen and not surprised at all that, you know, he's been with the team, what, 12, 12 years. He's been, he's been the punter for a long yeah, time. Yeah. He's been there for a long time. And I'm, and, and usually, uh, he's tops in the, one of the tops in the league, but yeah. something has been a little off this year. Um, and I can't quite tell if he's, if he's hurt or if he just doesn't trust his, the, the blockers, um, but he hasn't been his usual, you know, 50, 60 yard punts that have 10 million seconds of hang time pinning someone down yeah. inside the 15. Because um, a few years ago, I mean, he did that like it was nothing. It was just, it was automatic. And and this year he's he's struggled to put together uh, good punts. Right. Always disappointed that he was always kind of like that second punter instead of being the one that got the Pro Bowl right. shot because he has had some pretty outstanding years. Uh, punting but it always seems like somebody else was the hot guy that got voted in instead of him right yeah i mean he's he's been that that consistently good but not the flashy guy and part of the problem mm-hmm. i thought too was until a couple of years ago on that pro bowl voting form it only showed the net average of their punting it didn't like take into account punts down inside the 20 or down inside the 10 and he was always the leader in that kind of category but is because they because we've had such non-aggressive coaches it's been a lot of punts from you know the 40 50 yard the opponent's 40 or 50 yard line so the the punt actually only nets about a 30 yard average but we're pinning them down on their own 10 yard line kind of thing right so as we wrap things up here um matt how do you see this game going on 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 monday do you you like the chargers chances uh, in this game or or do you think it's going to be a mess I think the Chargers will once again play to the level of our opponents, and it's it's going to look like last week. It's going to look like the, it was against the Ravens where the the Bears and, and Chargers kind of trade a couple shots, and then the, the Bears will probably get out to an early lead. The Chargers will try to battle back, but it's it, it probably won't be enough. And I could see you guys winning again by a, you know, a one-score game, I think. The Chargers have yet to hold an opponent to less than 24 points. So, I, I don't know, make that, you know, probably like 29, 26 Bears or so, somewhere around there. So you're not just saying that because you're on a Bear show right now, are you actually mean that? Or, no. no. Or are you just playing to the crowd? No, they've, the char- until the Chargers, until the Chargers and specifically Mike McCoy with his play calling prove that they're going to change something. I think uh, following Einstein's definition of insanity, 
I would be considered insane to try the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Different results, exactly. <laughs> okay, I got you. No, I like that because uh, I think that that I've earned the the loyalty of my listeners because I have a similar uh, approach to it. It's like until they do, until they beat the Packers, I can't pick them to beat right. the Packers. Right. Until I actually see them do it and it's done, you know, and it's not a fluky thing. They actually went out there and won the game. I can't really pick them to beat. Kind of probably how you feel about the Broncos. Yeah, I can't pick them to beat the Broncos until they actually beat the Broncos. So, which um, is hard for me because I live in Denver and my wife is. Oh yeah, my wife is a diehard Broncos fan. So that's wow, that's wow. rough for me. Like this <laughs> this season so far is being very rough for me in my household. <laughs> right. So is is she one of those wives that likes to rub it in when her teams beat yours? Oh, kind of oh thing, yeah, or? yeah. That's that's oh, a rough wow. week for me when the Chargers lose to the Broncos. L- luckily <laughs> this year, it's they're saving it for the final game of the season. The Chargers don't play the Broncos for the first time until in December, and then they also play them in Denver the last game of the season on January third. So at least I'm being saved from that until the end of the season, and uh, and the game here is the last game. So then I can be like, well, my season's over. So you know, go enjoy the playoffs, and you know, in- enjoy probably getting to the Super Bowl while I sit over here and start scouting for top five draft picks. Right there, you go. <laughs> All right, well, well, Matt, thanks so much uh, uh, for being on the show. We appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing your thoughts with the uh, with the Chargers and. Uh, you know, uh, good luck to you, as I say to all of my guests uh, on Monday, and uh, I hope that Rivers dies like a dog so we can win this one for a change. <laughs> all right, yeah, good luck to you guys too, and uh, enjoy the game. Uh, Matt Stanley from Bolts from the Blue on SB Nation talking Bears Chargers week number nine. You know, my talk with Matt Stanley had a very similar effect on me as the one that we had with Seth Kaiser. I kind of went into the interview, uh, you know, with kind of with mixed feelings about whether or not I thought the Bears uh, could win the game. Uh, you know, the Chiefs being a tough home team, uh, you know, they were on a losing streak that was bound to end sometime. But, you know, when I talked to Seth Kaiser and what he thought our chances were in the game, I mean, it's ultimately nowhere near how the game went down, but the Bears came away with the victory. I just came away with a better feeling about the Bears' chances. And I got to admit, it, I had a very similar feeling going into this interview with Matt, talking to him about the, you know, before talking to him, thinking that, you know, the Bears can definitely win this game. It's a winnable game, but it's on the road. It's Monday Night Football. It's a West Coast cross-country trip. You know, all those kinds of things that you tend to see bother, uh, you know, a team that, that makes that kind of trip. Then you come away and you talk to Matt, and, and, you know, if the Bears can do some of those things that he talked about, and that's that will be the real test for the Bears. Him saying that if the Bears get out to an early lead, they can pretty much control the football game and and you know see where it goes from there that would mean that our one big achilles heel on offense not finishing things in the red zone they're going to have to get it done this week uh, against the chargers they want to get that early lead if they want to get the the car, the, the charge i keep saying cardinals they keep wanting to get them on their the, on the, the chargers on their heels early they have to be able to finish off the drives 
get them in the end zone because they don't really have a problem getting it to the red zone. It's getting them into the end zone that's been the biggest problem. So honestly, I don't care if Robbie Gold scores a point this week. I just want the Bears to get in the end zone, stop settling for the field goals. If they do that, I think that we will be successful, like Matt Stanley says, and have a pretty good uh, Monday night. If they don't and we let the Chargers hang around, you know, the Raiders were up huge on the Chargers at one point. I think they were they were up maybe like 33 to nothing before things finally, the, you know, before the Chargers slowly kind of creep back in. If the Bears settle for field goals instead of touchdowns, I think they're definitely leaving themselves open to a comeback from the Chargers that could end up in a bad way uh, for the Bears. So, But like I said, after talking to Matt, uh, I do feel better about our chances. And I'm going to go with him. I think the Bears are going to win a football game. I just hope it's not as exciting towards the end as the Chargers have been making things, making these late comebacks in garbage time uh, against their opponents. So hopefully the Bears can tuck them away early, make it a, a nice, smooth, easy transition into victory and get ready for the St. Louis Rams. Another tough road trip for the Bears uh, in week number 10. So that is going to do it for the week nine preview of the Chicago Bears review. Come back on Tuesday. With the Monday night game, have to wait till Tuesday to do the review show. I'll try and get it out as early as I can. I, I don't start work in the mornings until 10, so maybe I'll be an early riser on Tuesday, get it cranked out before I go to work so you guys can have that to deal with and you know listen to on your Tuesday. So come back on Tuesday for the Week 9 review episode. Hopefully we'll be talking about another victory episode, only our third of the season as the Bears take on the Chargers on Monday Night Football. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.